Money Show. The science of. It's the science this evening of cryptocurrency. Scott Candil is an internet entrepreneur. He's a researcher. He's the founder of Majestic3.com. In studio with me this evening. The last time we had Scott Candil on, uh, we. Yeah. I hope digital currency is more reliable than digital cell phone signal. I think it is, Bruce. What, is, what, what, what do you do with Majestic3.com? We're essentially a software company that, um, well, like Uber is disrupting some of the, the big players. We look at disrupting the way in which data is get used by companies. Okay, and part of data and part of where, the way in which the world is moving is this world of cryptocurrencies. What is a cryptocurrency? Wow, that's a fantastic question. Um, it's essentially- well, no, it's the question we prepared for a week. We've been ready for this. <laughs> it's still a good question. Um, the easiest way to describe a cryptocurrency um, is it's a, uh, it's a considered safe way to transact over the internet using currencies that are outside of the existing banking system. What is the difference then between a cryptocurrency and an e-buck? Well, that's also a good question because e-bucks is a form of loyalty. E-bucks are created centrally. In other words, a particular institution, whether it's RMB, whoever it's got to be, FNB, a bank, a particular company creates air miles, uh, uh, SAA, the centralized company creates it. However, with these types of currencies, cryptocurrencies, they are not centrally created. They are distributed amongst a large number of people. That's the fundamental difference between the two. Okay, so if I have got air miles... Um, and a lot of patience and a lot of luck, I can transact within an SAA universe um, and, and utilize my miles. If I've got e-bucks, I can uh, transact within a first-rand universe. They've created the world in which I can trade, and it's got boundaries, it's got limitations. In the same way as if I've got 100 rand in my hand, I can transact within uh, South Africa, which accepts my particular currency. That's a wonderful way of looking at it. And to the man in the street... That's what a currency is. It's anything that holds some form of perceived store of value that can be used to transact. Hence the reason why we have what we considered the trusted bank money, which was trusted for you know, centuries, which now is um, starting to uh, crumble a little bit with all the scandals and things that are going on, versus the kind of cryptocurrencies which have said, listen, if we can create our universe, as you describe it, using a currency that operates differently to the banking system, separately from the banking system, but is still secure, I can get into that later, then – would it be a viable alternative to disrupt the banking market like Uber has disrupted the taxi market? Yeah, give us your calls, any questions, any comments you want to make as we talk cryptocurrency this evening. I was trying to get my head around something which feels very foreign, but I suspect it's not that foreign. 021-446-0567-011-883-0702. As I talked to Scott Cundill this evening, internet entrepreneur. He's a researcher. He's the founder of Majestic3.com. I, I say it's not too far from reality because what is the difference between Bitcoin, which is a cryptocurrency generated through an algorithm, through a computer, um, and the fact that my salary arrives miraculously into my bank account every single month in a digital form? And there can be months where I don't transact in cash very much at all. My direct debits take money out of my account. Mm-hmm. Or t- to take what I believe to be money out of my account and, and pay bills to other people who accept those digital noughts and ones as payment for services rendered. Um, sometimes I'll draw some cash, but very seldom. Mm-hmm. Most of the time I'll swipe a card, either a credit or a debit card, and the person accepting that transaction for me accepts that those ones and zeros are a fair exchange for the mm-hmm. product I buy. So what is the difference between a currency as we accept a currency and these so-called outlandish cryptocurrencies? Right. Well, everything that you've just described 
is exactly how cryptocurrencies work. There's no difference, except the foundation of where the money originated from. So the bank that we get our salaries with originated ultimately out of debt. So our debt-based currency or fiat-based currency is essentially a debt instrument. It had to be loaned into existence and then has to be repaid with an interest-bearing loan. And that's essentially put what cryptocurrency evangelists believe as the world into some very interesting problems. Cryptocurrencies do not have that problem. They don't have this issue of being issued as debt. They don't have um, the same uh, origin issues whereby they're essentially saying, listen, um, we can close the banks down for a week like they're doing in Greece. Cryptocurrencies will not close down for a week. They don't operate like that. Okay. That opens up a whole potential hornet's nest. Um, and I want to get there in a moment. If, if I... If I'm operating in a world where a currency is backed by gold, and up until I think 1971 or mm. thereabouts, uh, the U.S. dollar was backed by physical gold. The Americans, uh, the, the America held bank at, at gold at Fort Knox, and there was only that much currency in the world as was supported by gold. If you wanted more currency, you had to go and buy some gold that sat in your vault, and you could then issue a dollar to every dollar's worth of gold. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, then Vietnam happened. Richard Nixon needed to pay for Vietnam, and he cre- they created free-floating currencies, the fiat currency that you referred to just a moment ago. Uh, and suddenly, all, all, all bets were off. The currency now is based on confidence, as we see with the RAND, for example, as opposed to actually having a, a real value. It's, you're correct. Our currency is not backed by anything anymore, 100% right. Uh, still, the origination of it has to come out of a debt-based uh, concept. So essentially what we're saying is let, let's actually divest ourselves a little bit from, from, from this kind of topic and look at it a different way. Let's look at the banking system as a whole as a specific type of currency creation. So all central banks, so we look at one banking system as we have at the moment. Is it not worth looking at alternatives, competition, to that banking system, which may or may not be able to do it in a better way than it's doing now. So should we just look at it as, as just absolute competition? Look, the, the banks have now got competition. Currency now has a competition in the form of cryptocurrencies. And just look at it like that. And uh, But if I said to you, I'm, I, I really like your jacket, I'm going to give you 10 bitcoins or 10 rand. At, at some point... You might accept the Bitcoins because you have a perceived value of Bitcoins. I understand the value of 10 Rand. I don't understand the value of Bitcoins. It's about public acceptance. Yes. No, you're exactly right. Now, let's look at the, look, look at the st- uh, statistics. We're currently sitting on a minimum of 100,000 merchants around the world accepting Bitcoin. It's growing exponentially. 100,000 merchants. Who's, yes. who's, who's audited that number? Well, it's uh, it's out of um, various you know websites. There's different currencies See, and okay, different um, exchanges. Anything comes up from a website, I, I get skeptical of. Well, it's via the exchanges. So okay. essentially, what happens is bitcoins are are, are, are essentially traded to, uh, through extra exchanges, um, and it's not that difficult to audit because once you've accepted bitcoin as a merchant, then you open a bitcoin wallet. So you're right. Uh, whether those numbers are exact or whether they're not, um, but it's, it's it there is, is a, growing. There's quickly. a trend of greater acceptance. Yes. Whether it's a hundred thousand or ten thousand, I do not know. Quick call from you, Mike in four ways. Good evening to you. Yeah, good evening. Um, this whole Bitcoin thing, it's, it's great and fantastic, but it's, it's starting the whole cashless society, which uh, basically means that the government has control over your finances. Um, you, you, it's like in the Greek situation where there's a problem. You can't go running to the bank and withdraw your cash. Uh, if the government is in problems or the bank is in some sort of uh, dire straits, they just go and dip into your account. 
if they think you owe tax, they just go and dip into your account, uh, and you can't actually go and withdraw the cash and go and do so it is some your other cons- way. Is your concern that a, 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 a cryptocurrency like a Bitcoin is, is then more vulnerable to access from, 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 from governments, for example? No, for sure, absolutely. Okay, okay, uh, okay uh, Mike, th- th- thanks for your call this evening. I mean... I would think it's the opposite. It is the opposite, in my opinion. Again, um, this is a new territory, so he, he may have a point in some in some respects. But one of the most, um, I guess, the beloved aspects of, of Bitcoin is the fact that um, the uh, b- the blockchain technology that supports it what is, is blo- self-verifying. What, what is blockchain technology? Okay, I'll give you the very the very short the version. The idiot's answer, please. Yeah. Okay. Are you familiar with the way in which a hologram works? No. In other words, a hologram is if you were to take a, a one-by-one square meter hologram, it creates a 3D image. But if you were to tear that into little pieces, you would still see the full image of that hologram, even though it would be smaller. Because every little piece okay. of the encryption that creates that hologram is contained in its little microcosms. That creates a self-verifying algorithm that allows for peer-to-peer and beyond de- distributed and decentralized transactions. So because it operates on that particular level, that was why when the algorithm was first uh, discovered in inverted commas, it became such an amazing craze and why the Bank of England has now essentially said this is arguably the biggest discovery since the Internet. And we don't quite know how we're going to deal with it, but it's big. We know it's big and we know it's significant. We don't really understand it. We're coming to terms with it. Do we know who's behind cryptocurrency who is the, the the originator of the algorithm which is created <laughs> it was it was actually uh, the paper was released in 2008 um and uh, bitcoin came out in 2009 but the paper that released the blockchain technology was actually written under a pseudonym so they're not 100 percent sure who it actually was which also adds a lot of air mystique and mystery is to the whole the point? thing I think so. Um, Does this person own a billion bitcoins somewhere that hopefully they, they plan to offload for real dollars one day? Well, it's unlikely because the nice thing about Bitcoin is the fact that it's got to be mined and it's because it's, it's, because it's verified that you're it can't ahead. happen. You're going ahead again. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm falling behind. Um, I'm having a fabulous discussion. I hope you're enjoying it this evening. Your questions for Scott Kundil, who is the internet entrepreneur, the researcher. He is talking to us all this evening about cryptocurrency. He's beginning to use language I don't understand. It's the signs of cryptocurrency this evening. Duncan in West Cliff, you have a question tonight for my guest, Scott Cundill. Hello, Duncan. Hi, Bruce. Hello, Scott. Yeah, you know, I just did my tax return, and uh, what I didn't at this stage declare was that I've got a basement full of computer hardware, and I'm actually mining cryptocurrency. Now, explain and, um, this concept we, to me, please, of mining. We, 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 we are processing the algorithms, solving the problems that unlock value in the blockchain. And we've um, had a spike in, in the value of some of our, our cryptocurrencies. And we're accruing, you know, we've got a, probably a couple of hundred thousand rands worth of, of cryptocurrencies at the, at the moment. What I wanted to ask Scott is, what is SARS take? How, how are cryptocurrencies taxed and how will they be taxed in the future? Duncan, you scare me. It feels like you got Frankenstein. You're developing Frankenstein in the basement. <laughs> something, something like that. But we're excited, and, and you know, I know the IRS handles it as property. Okay. Now, thanks, Duncan Westler, for a fabulous question. I mean, here is a guy who is effectively manufacturing currency out of nothing, not even fresh air, but like the central banks do. 
Yeah, but they're allowed to. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this one, Scott. Um, how do SARS treat cryptocurrency? Do they have a regime for it yet? Uh, that's a good question. Hey? I'm not too familiar. I'm not a tax expert, so I do not want to get into that into okay. that realm. I'd rather answer the second question, which is far more interesting, and how will they tax uh, – Duncan had the question, how will they tax it? Mm. Um, and that is where the real question starts. So you've got really got two opportunities here. The first one is to kind of look at what the UK government's doing at the moment and creating something called the UK government coin, which they're investigating. It's called the pound, isn't it? Well, <laughs> this is cryptocurrency based. So in other words, the government now has control over its issuance of currency, which itself is hotly debated because should governments be able to issue their own currency? Because central banks and the government are not um, well, theoretically, not connected in that way. Uh, that's why they're, spe- they're specifically yeah, supposed okay. to be distanced from themselves. Right. So if the, if the UK government now can create their own coin, they can effectively create the currency they need to pay salaries for work done. Okay, but now we talk about mining. This, explain this concept of mining. It sounds like Frankenstein in the basement in, we- in, in Westcliff. There, there are computers creating this cryptocurrency in the same way uh, as Frankenstein was created in a laboratory. Um, we're manufacturing something brand new out of nothing. You say it's what, 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 the res- what reserve banks do, but we used to reserve banks doing it. Um, do we not, are we not running into all kinds of problems if we all start creating our own little currency of loopy? Well, there's a couple of questions you've asked there. Let's go back to the mining one that you've yeah. just spoken to now. And this is a really good one because it does. It sounds like Frankenstein creating currencies um, using PR. They then be able to buy the belief in those currencies and yeah. the credibility and then suddenly people start transacting yeah. it. But what have we unleashed? Have we just unleashed a, a monster that could come and devour us later? That's a really, really good question. And that's one of the reasons why it's really, really important that finance exists executives, government executives start really looking into this seriously because it has become a very, very serious player but the in that only, regard. the only way it becomes a serious player is if people take it seriously. So there was a lot of hype in Bitcoin a while back and Bitcoin values went through the roof in dollar terms and then there was a collapse in the Bitcoin market. I got the sense that people have got burned so badly that credibility took a knock for cryptocurrencies as a whole. Bruce, it's just getting started. I'll look you in the eye right now and I'll tell you that this is just the beginning of the beginning of the beginning. Cryptocurrencies as a whole are exploding because of the blockchain technology. Bitcoin is just one example. There are over 200 other coins. Uh, Max Kaiser uh, just released a, a coin he called Startcoin. Uh, you've had Dogecoin. Uh, and now you've also got, as I mentioned, UK government coin, the city of London want to create a coin. There's even a mayor coin that they're looking at releasing. It's, it's very interesting. Won't central governments ultimately dominate the space like they dominate everything else because it will go to a question of confidence. There's a man at Westcliff creating cryptocurrency in his basement. Oh, the government of the city of London creates a coin. I know which one I'd rather have. Yes. Um, uh, uh, and to give me security because it's about confidence. Yes. And the, uh, that's where the origin of the word credit is credo, which is Latin, which means to believe. It's all about belief and confidence. So it's about that creation of that confidence. So if you have a look at the way blockchain is going and to answer the question about mining, why, what is this weird mining that's going on? Basically, they are mining so that the system can be interdependent. It can be self-verifying. Uh, this gets into a little bit more, uh, a little bit more detail, but the goal behind the blockchain is, be- is that self-verification process. It is its own policeman, if, if that makes sense. That's what effectively makes it special. So the confidence is not in the issuers of the coins. It's in the way in which the decentralized mechanisms work, which actually increases the confidence. And that's why the mm. confidence is rising so quickly. It's not about its value against the dollar. No, no, ab- absolutely not. But it's about its transactability. It's about the ability to exchange this thing for something of value, whether it be a T-shirt or whether it be a yes. magazine subscription, whatever it might yes. be. Can I get it for that? And 
will it have a tangible value 12 months from now? Well, yes. Well, I mean, the, the issue is right now is you can do the same with game coins, which I mentioned in the in the Business mm-hmm. Day article. Um, those coins that are then created by games, if there is a perceived value, they are being traded as we speak. It's crazy. I know it's scary. However, it is becoming yeah. big. It's getting bigger. And it's something we really have to start looking yeah. at as a possible alternative. I mean, governments are taking them seriously. The rest of us, I guess, need to take them seriously too. For me, I've still got a lot of buy-in to do uh, before I accept completely, but I do accept that there are lots of people who do accept that there is a tangible value. That's understandable. Cryptocurrency. There we go. Scott Cundill, internet entrepreneur, researcher, founder of Majestic3.com. Thank you for great explanations this evening, and thank you for your calls. Also on the complicated world of cryptocurrency.